This is Resonance 104.4 FM, and this is a public service announcement. It is extremely hot today in London. London is in fact honking in the heat. Do not ride on the tube. You will expire with dehydration. Do not drive your car. You will blow a gasket in your brain. Do not walk. Your feet will melt. The bicycle is the only way. as many ice cream bicycles on the streets of London as there ought to be um, but there are one or two and the chances are that you will see them in one or other of the royal parks because there seems to be a new concession uh, of bicycle ice cream vendors going around I saw one on Sunday I was down there in Kensington Gardens having a picnic um, and it just so happened that I've been speaking last week with a couple of representatives of the Royal Parks Agency who are responsible for managing the Royal Parks and I wanted to ask them what kind of things they were doing for bicyclists and I started off um, down at the old police house in uh, Hyde Park talking to Mark Camry who's the chief executive of the Royal Park Service and I started off by asking him um, what things had changed since he'd become chief executive about a year ago. I've been in post around uh, 13 months now, and the first thing that struck me was that, um, not only in terms of cyclists, uh, but the Royal Parks weren't necessarily very good at putting customers and users of the parks first. Uh, And uh, therefore, one of the things that I've been doing is working with Central London Partnerships and the London Cycling Campaign to look at the routes through the parks. Uh, We have something in the region of 20 miles of cycle routes across the parks, but I think almost by accident they've ended up where they are, uh, rather than looking at where they fit with the network as a whole. And one of the things I'm keen to do is to look at how we fit with the whole of the network. And so just in terms of, sort of defining our terms, the Royal Parks covers not just what everyone thinks, which is St James's Park and Hyde Park and Kensington Gardens, you know, parks where there are palaces, but a lot more besides that around London, isn't it? Yeah, there are eight royal parks across London and they stretch from Greenwich in the east through to uh, Richmond and Bushy uh, in the west. Uh, And uh, in the centre, obviously, the main parks that people will be familiar with, Regent's Park and St James's and Hyde and Kensington Gardens. And is it true that they are actually owned by the Queen and you just sort of look after them on her behalf? And what is the sort of constitutional arrangements? They're actually uh, managed uh, on behalf of the Crown uh, through the uh, Department of uh, Culture, Media and Sport. Um, uh, and uh, we manage them on behalf of the Secretary of State. So they are, in a sense, public assets. They're not. They're not kind of owned by owned by the Queen, who just sort of lets people in, kind of as she feels like it. They're um, managed on behalf of the public. They're funded uh, largely through uh, taxpayers. 
Um, uh, although um, uh, one of the things that we have to do is to raise income uh, and generate income for uh, the maintenance of the parks. Um, but yet they're um, welcome uh, and, and open to uh, the whole of the public at large. And in terms of your governance structures, I mean, you are an agency reporting to the Secretary of State, but you also have a quite influential um, body of, of volunteers or, or friends of the park, is that right? Um, we, have, we have several uh, different groups. We have, uh, there's a ministerial advisory group which advises me and the minister uh, on uh, strategic matters. Um, there's also our, the Royal Parks Foundation, uh, which is a, a charitable trust uh, which uh, raises income uh, for the parks and uh, particularly for some of the big uh, schemes where we've had uh, heritage lottery funding, uh, they've uh, raised a lot of the joint funding for it. Uh, and then there are friends uh, of the Royal Parks and each of the uh, parks uh, have got a friends group uh, and uh, those groups uh, are largely uh, self-nominated and self-appointed uh, people who live uh, in the uh, local area of the parks uh, and, and represent the views uh, to me and we meet them on a regular basis. And when you're listening to cyclists, what are the big issues that you're, that you're being presented with um, and what are the concerns that people have? You know, not only cyclists coming to you wanting things, but, but other park users saying, hang on a minute, we need to strike a balance here. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the uh, important word, is striking the balance. Um, the uh, post bag that I receive um, uh, on cycling is uh, split almost 50-50 with people saying we'd like to see more uh, cycle lanes and better facilities for cyclists uh, and 50% saying how dreadful cyclists is and um, uh, how uh, they, they were spoiled in the park by someone cycling and so on. Uh, and what I need to do is to make sure that we have uh, the appropriate facilities for people to be able to cycle through the park uh, and enjoy that and uh, make sure, as I said, that they join up uh, with the routes outside the park, uh, but also to ensure that people who come into the park uh, don't feel afraid of cyclists um, uh, and that there are uh, clear routes where people, even when we have uh, joint routes, that people know that there is a shared responsibility for using those routes. And what do you, would you say are some of the kind of best achievements of the rural parks in terms of their cycling provision? I think one of the best things is the Tamsin Trail down at uh, Richmond, um, uh, where um, uh, a trail that was funded uh, by a local charity down there goes all the way around uh, the park uh, and keeps people, uh, cyclists off the road. Um, I think the work that we're doing at the moment in terms of uh, the new uh, uh, crossings uh, in, in Hyde Park uh, is important. Um, we've seen cycling uh, in the centre of town raised by 100% over the last five years uh, and it's important that we put in the proper facilities uh, where, particularly where pedestrians and cyclists and motorists come together uh, and so getting the crossings uh, is quite important as well. Because I, I would say that one of the highlights has been the, the opening up of a um, couple of routes in Kensington Gardens and maybe with Ruth when we go for a little spin afterwards we'll, we'll have a chance to get over there. Um, what was the thinking behind that? Um, part of that was that there wasn't uh, an east-west route um, uh, which linked up with uh, the routes in Hyde Park uh, and recognising that quite a lot of uh, commuter cyclists um, uh, actually would benefit from uh, linking up the two parks. Uh, and, and in terms of extending uh, the routes, one of the routes that uh, Ruth's looking at uh, and the cycle group's looking at is uh, a similar route uh, east-west route in the north of Kensington Gardens. Um, there are particular design issues uh, at one part, again, where pedestrians and cyclists um, might come into conflict if we don't design it properly. Um, uh, but that's one of the things we're, uh, looking to, where we're looking to extend the routes. And another highlight, I think, from my perspective, is on a Sunday, 
when um, Constitution Hill and the Mall are closed to traffic. I mean, is that that just seemed to happen overnight? And um, and and there was, you know, that to me as a park user, I, I guess there must have been an enormous amount of debate about shutting down two very big roads for motor vehicles there. And um, there may have been, but I'm afraid it was before my time, so I can't I can't claim any credit or or actually uh, enlighten you a great deal on how much uh, discussion went into it. But but down at, at Richmond Park, where we uh, closed uh, Robin Hood Gate uh, last uh, summer, just after I arrived, um, uh, there has been uh, a re- reduction in the number of cars uh, using the park, and I think that's the benefit of all the park users, including cyclists. Because down at Richmond Park, it's quite popular for the kind of the racing boys and girls who like to you know go around there at speeds that probably exceed the speed limit some of the time um, certainly when they're drafting behind a car what possibility might there be for having a certain time of the of the week say a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning when that ring road in Richmond Park is completely closed to motorized traffic and cyclists are given a couple of hours to train one of the areas of conflict uh, that there is down at Richmond is with the 20 miles an hour speed limit as it is in Richmond now is cyclists passing cars uh, and uh, of course uh, cyclists should obey the speed limit the same as cars. Um, in terms of closing uh, the park down uh, clearly there's an issue for other users but the park manager uh, down there Simon Richards plans to close the park uh, one day this September uh, and there will be an opportunity with uh, uh, without cars for people to actually enjoy the park freely then. And obviously the big thing that's coming up on the calendar is the uh, opening stage, the, the tri- time trial prologue of the Tour de France 2007, which is you know pretty much exclusively in the Royal Park roads or roads that are joined to the Royal Parks. What kind of challenge does that present you and what preparations are you putting in place for, for welcoming the Tour in 2007? Um, It's a huge challenge for us uh, and um, we've been putting in place the same sort of preparations we put in place for the London Marathon. Um, We've had the uh, tour team, tour designer across uh, and we've been looking at where things will go on the mile, where the finishing line will be and so on. Uh, We're looking at things like the speed humps we've got on West Carriage Drive to see whether we're going to keep them in or take them out. Obviously working very closely with uh, Transport for London uh, and all of this. Uh, and uh, ensuring that the um, the sort of rules that we've got about uh, uh, commercialisation and advertising in, uh, in parts of the park that we don't breach any of our own rules as part. Oh, really, of tell me about your rules. Um, well, we have rules uh, around uh, the amount of uh, advertising space, particularly near uh, Buckingham Palace and down the Mall and so on, um, where um, uh, we uh, look to uh, minimise the uh, uh, people trying to sort of uh, piggyback on the uh, on, on on the palace to get publicity. Right. Oh, that's very interesting. That's an interesting challenge. And then there's also, you know, ordinary spectators who want to daub a bit of paint, you know, supporting Bradley Wiggins or whoever it might be. But I guess you'll be uh, keeping an eye out for people going around at the dead of night with buckets of paint. Uh, we, we certainly will. Uh, we um, uh, won't be looking for the mile to be uh, painted. Um, as much as we all uh, might support uh, Bradley and his quest, um, we won't be looking to be uh, uh, have uh, additional graffiti around the mile. Well, that was... Mark Camley, who's Chief Executive of the Royal Parks Agency, and having had a chat with him, um, I went out with Ruth Holmes out into the sunshine, and Ruth is the Landscape Development and Design Manager with a special responsibility for cycling in the Royal Parks. And uh, we went for a little look for ourselves to uh, see how things are changing in the Royal Parks with regards to cycling. We are here uh, just north of the Serpentine in the old police house, so I 
think, which, where should we go? Should we take a little route round into Kensington Gardens and maybe down the broad road down there and then back round? Yeah, sure. We can do the dual cycle path and then perhaps look at the possibility of the new um, east-west path of the... Um, which runs parallel to Bayswater. Okay, great. I'll follow you. So as the uh, officer responsible for cycling in the Royal Parks, or one of the officers responsible for cycling in the Royal Parks, you must uh, be on your bike quite a lot. Or do you, do you ride in uh, most days? Yes, I ride into work every day, pretty much rain or shine, because um, it's quite a nice uh, trip, particularly cycling on the dual path in Kensington Gardens. is beautiful in the morning particularly sort of to see all the changes in the seasons and um, the views from the park, great. And what proportion of the staff would you say rides a bike? Was, we, didn't, we didn't see a great big bike rack out the back of the old police house, but maybe they were stored somewhere else. Um, there are quite a few cyclists. I um, tend to, because of meetings and things like that, people can't always cycle in in the morning. Um, but there's a fair few, and a lot of people who do really like cycling for leisure, um, including Mark and... Um, Colin, sort of, our senior management team. We've just been passed by a couple of uh, rollerbladers. That seems to be another really popular Royal Parks activity. Definitely, particularly um, the Serpentine Road, which is very nice and wide, and um, you see a lot of people doing their tricks and Always slightly unnerves me when they uh, when they come along going backwards. I always Uh, wonder if they're going to see me. (laughs) No, they tend to be very good. I think. It's a good, it's a good ground for sort of learner, learner skaters as well as uh, well, there was, the professionals. Well, I think there was an incident um, a few years back where uh, there was a collision between a rollerblader and a uh, cyclist that ended in the, the death of the cyclist. Yeah, I think that was back in '94, um, and not many people know exactly what happened because I think there's, the rollerblader was actually bending down doing their boot up and then. Got clobbered. Yes. Well, I guess everyone just has to keep their eyes open and not go too fast when when you're on a mixed-use path with people having fun as well as getting places. Mm. And certainly that's why we're cautious about how we deal with things and designing within the parts to make sure something terrible like that doesn't happen again. All right, so now we've come to the road. What is this road called? This is West Carriage Drive. That goes from one, the north-south, basically, past the Serpentine and past the Serpentine Gallery, across the Serpentine and then past the Serpentine Gallery. Yeah. Okay, and we can uh, we and can follow is, it down. Yeah, sure. And this is a very popular commuter route. We're on a nice, very wide bit of cycle route, enough to cycle two abreast and conduct an interview, which is obviously the purpose for which it was designed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and also to see the wonderful view of uh, the Palace of Westminster, which yeah. is viewed from this bridge. Now what's happening here? Ruth, I'm afraid to say I spot a bit of questionable bike lane design here. What's going on here? As we see we've got the bike lane is at this point on the pavement and the stop sign for the cars in my view should be over there to the left so so that they stop before the cycle route comes across because you can see here that the main road with the cars on it has got the priority where it looks as though these cars coming out of the car park or going into the car park have got the priority over the cyclists who are forced onto the pavement. 
What's your view? Um, I think you're right, it is obviously an area of confusion. Um, and obviously when we come to look at, we're looking at remarking a lot of the cycle routes to make sure they're up to date, we would probably look at something like this to make sure we're getting it right. Because on a full day when everybody's coming out, you, essentially the cyclists mm. will be backed up because um, mm. th this will be full of cars in front of them. To be honest, I cycle this quite frequently and it's not usually too bad. Oh well. We'll, we'll put a, we'll, we'll put a photo on the on the on the website so that listeners can make their own yeah. opinion. <laughs> well, now here we are. We're going to be crossing West Carriage Drive. Cyclists dismount, so we'll follow the law. Get off our bikes. And this now we're about to enter the um, the east-west route that Mark was talking about through Kensington Gardens towards Kensington Palace, isn't it? Or, yeah. or towards yeah. the, uh, the Albert Memorial on Broadwalk. Yeah. yeah, we head just north of the Albert Memorial and then hit the Broadwalk, which is the main um, north-south shared cycle route, which is very nice and wide um, in so front of Kensington Palace. Aside from this being an absolutely sublime place to be on a bicycle, breathtaking, um, with all the long grass and the kind of wildness of that Kensington Gardens has compared mm. in its character compared to some of the other parks. Mm -hmm. um, what's notable about this path uh, to me is that there aren't many signs on it. No, I think we've tried to keep that as a minimum. It's just where there are crossing points that pedestrians are warned that there'll be cyclists. Um, I'm pretty much trying to keep that to a minimum. Also, we've done. Um, is that for aesthetic reasons or for functionality? It's a part of both because there's obviously an expense incurred with remarking things, remarking the white lines, um, but also an aesthetic thing. And also we noticed as we pass here that the pedestrian um, walkways have got a golden gravel topping on them, which is another sort of visual indication that you're entering a... Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's very nice because in the east-west route through Hyde Park, mm -hmm. you've got a real segmentation. You've got one half of a path, which is designated for cyclists and it's got a different colour and a, and a kind of barrier, white barrier painted on it yeah. and then you've got the kind of pedestrian bit mm -hmm. and this one it's just everyone's encouraged to sort of mm -hmm. use the same space and be tolerant and helpful towards yes. each other in, in the sense it's not, if you, if you make a dividing line then you create divisions I, I, do you think that's true? Yeah, I think that that's what's been great about the Royal Parks. They've not been afraid to try new things and try things like the dual path and see how they go and sort of test things out. And, you know, I think generally this has been seen by most as sort of successful. And, you know, so we, when, when we're looking at the next design place, we would consider um, using a similar sort of design treatment. Uh, we're coming up to the bandstand oh, on the left. Bandstand. Now, I've never seen a band performing in the bandstand. Ah, you need to check our summer events programme, which will tell you exactly when the bands are on. But, I mean, how often? There should be a band every week, I reckon. <laughs> I mean, there's enough bands in London who'd like to play in there, I'd, I would think. Yeah, no, it's coming up to summer season, so there'll be far more bands playing there during the summer season. Nothing like playing in a bandstand.
and a smile from me, from you and your mama too. Just to find the kind of another time down the road a bit. I've been walking it. And this is the boating pond, yeah, or the model boats are. Um, Obviously launched off here. Model boats, but real wildlife. There's yeah. not, those aren't model swans. No, they're definitely very real. So we've um, stopped here on the Broad Walk, which is a north-south in Kensington Gardens, favoured spot for the late Lady Diana, Princess of Wales, to go rollerblading, <laughs> I believe. And, and is this the is this the sort of most uh, westerly point on the cycle route? It is, yes, at the moment. So here you have to go down to. Kensington High Street, yeah, or Kensington up to, or or up up to, to um, Bayswater, Bayswater Road. Road. Yes. So, should we go? Uh, where should we go? North? Yeah. Because yeah. on the continent, they often talk about bicycling monarchies mm-hmm. um, in uh, Scandinavian countries and in Netherlands. Uh, I've never seen a member of our royal family on a bicycle, but yeah. but someone who works in the royal parks is responsible for cycling. If anybody has, it would have been you, Ruth. <laughs> I'm afraid I've never seen any of the royal family. Um, while, um, part of my job, I've only been here nine months, but I hope to perhaps see them. You think it would go with uh, Prince Charles's ecological views to go around on a on a bicycle rather than in a limousine? And uh, Prince Andrew quite keen on uh, on his physical exercise isn't he oh well one day no yeah maybe one day we'll encourage them onto bicycles then in the parks so now here we are at the northwest corner of kensington gardens up by the orangery um, on the bayswater road and we've kind of come to the end of uh, the extent of the of the bike route and ruth you're about to make a breaking news announcement that they're going to be a east-west northerly route opened yes. very soon well we're considering this as a, a route because obviously it takes, takes people off the Bayswater um, and we've been in consultation with the um, um, city of Westminster who obviously want to make um, the Bayswater Road better for cyclists the only stark downside of putting this route in is that Kensington Gardens is obviously closed at dusk so it, would not, it wouldn't be a route that was available at night which would have been would be very beneficial to have something off the road at that time. Yeah, because Bayswater Road is, is not one of the most pleasant highlights of, uh, of London cycling. No, it's, it's reasonably wide, but it is a very busy road, so we would like to sort of do something. I remember when I was about 13, 12, 13 years old, mm. going round Hyde Park Corner for the first time on a bike, absolutely terrified, and then my chain fell off right in the middle. And I had to kind of limp to the side with everybody blasting their horns at me. But that, that, that cycle crossing is it's almost, it's almost there, but there is a terrible incentive for people to try to do two crossings, because it's a sort of three-part crossing coming from Constitution Hill into Hyde Park. And people uh, try to do the last two legs or the first two if you're coming the other way in one jump. You've seen that? 
Yeah, no, I have seen that. And we're looking. It's going to be an accident there. There really is. Or yeah, I think it's the difficulty of trying to keep the traffic flowing as well. Yeah, that's um, yeah. causing the the signalling sequences are an issue. And also, we're looking at particularly when they've they finally completed taking out all the underpasses, which has been a really great thing. Um, and looking at sort of pinch points on to Constitution Hill actual cycle um, cycle track, um, just things like minor things like repositioning our sign notice boards so you don't get a lot of people crowding around them looking at the map and so that they're a little bit off the cycle route so that people aren't going to come into conflict there. Oh look, and there we go, we've got a, a community support police officer going for a thunder bicycle. Oh, we're being beeped out of the way by a van coming to deliver something. Oh, he was delivering the, uh, the toilet paper to the Royal Parks. Very important task because obviously the Royal Parks are some of the finest public conveniences um, in the City of London, which is something that I know that you're very proud of, although you like to you know, be modest about it. Yes, and we don't feel we want to be known for our toilets, we want to be known for our beautiful historic landscapes. What do we have to look forward to in terms of um, kind of key decisions and events that are coming up that are of interest to, to people on their bikes? Well, it's it's really exciting time for us. We're really looking at cycling seriously again. Um, I've been sort of given the role of looking at feasibility studies for new routes, better routes, looking at the design and the signage, and you know, in sort of partnership with people like Sostrans, um, Transport for London, the boroughs like City of Westminster, to really sort of get things right and get you know cyclists in the park. Really. And any chance of having a dry run of the uh, prologue time trial for amateurs? I don't even have to ask the park managers, not me. <laughs> okay, and if people want to make their views known to you and to Mark, we can put your emails on our on our website, can we? Certainly, and I would definitely suggest having a look at our website, therawparts.org.uk, um, because that has all the contact details on, and it sort of tells you up-to-date information on um, events and things like that going on in the parks. It's a good resource. Great. Well, thanks very much. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Cheers. Well, that was Ruth Holmes um, from the Royal Parks Agency. And uh, I will put the email addresses of Ruth and her boss, Mark Camley, who's the chief executive, on the Bike Show website, which is www.bikeshow.blogspot.com. It's, of course, where you can listen to all past episodes of the Bike Show in MP3 format and comment and send emails, anything you like. And if you want to actually go for a group ride around the Royal Parks. There's one being organised during Bike Week, which is next week, um, and it's on Tuesday, June the 20th, um, which is actually, hang on, the week after? No, that's right, that's next, next Tuesday. Um, starting at the Southwark Needle on the uh, south side of London Bridge. And um, it goes from 6.30 up to Regent's Park, past the zoo, across to Hyde Park, Green Park, Buckingham Palace, um, into St James's Park uh, before finishing back at the Market Porter pub in Borough Market. And Bike Week is what we're going to be talking about next week on the Bike Show. There's a load of really great rides on. Um, it seems as though we are going to be spared the colossal waste of money that is Bike Fest in the Square, which is what Transport for London have been spending £100,000 on each year for the last couple of years to essentially organise a public event um, of a very little excitement where uh, people were given the opportunity to come along and pick up leaflets. It seemed to be pretty much the only objective of that exercise, but that has gone by the wayside. 
I would like to claim credit for it because we slammed it last year, me and Barry Mason on the show. And Barry Mason is going to be giving a, his own perspective on Bike Week next week. Um, his Southwark cyclists, active as they always are, organising a lot of the rides. Um, there's a lot of rides that are coinciding with London Architecture Biennale. Um, so there's bike, bike rides looking at schools built in the 1950s and 60s which are under threat from uh, demolition taking a look at those uh, there's a summer solstice ride in the night up to Primrose Hill there are rides looking at London markets there's rides looking at urban change and regeneration at the waterways of London um, a special ride looking at the architectural heritage of Wandsworth Town and a great event, great looking event reinventing the bike shed down at On Your Bike on Tooley Street, London SE1. And that's um, starting on Friday, June the 16th, um, with an uh, evening event and running all day, every day, for the following week. Uh, basically looking at what bike sheds could be and should be. Well, this is the first bike show in the new season. We'll be here again next week on Resonance FM. And uh, next up is The Clear Spot, which comes today from South London Radio Arts. From me, Jack Thurston, chapeau, and keep cool out there. <laughs>